Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unto Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Entz. It's your girl, and today we are going to be talking about all things villain era, entering your villain era, having a villain arc, all of those things. I want revenge, XYZ. And we're going to get into it because (laughs) I feel like TikTok is really fueling a lot of my content right now. And it's, I think it's important to examine, again, like the content that we take in and just, again, being aware that it doesn't become our theology if it's not the right biblical thing to do. You know what I mean? Um, And the reason I'm referring to that, I don't know if you've listened to last week's episode, but we were kind of just unpacking sugar daddies and sprinkle sprinkle and like all of those things, um, finding wealthy men, XYZ, and how to look at that kind of whole thing trending on TikTok through a biblical lens and how we as God's daughters should be conducting ourselves. And so this week, I'm just propped up in my bed, just once again, some girl girl chat time. This episode is going to pair particularly well with a good warm beverage. Happy fall. Get your little pumpkin spice latte. You can listen to this on your commute. You can have a little girl's night in, whatever you're feeling. Um, And let's get into this. So I feel like a villain era can have a number of different definitions and it really just depends on who you're talking to. So some people think a villain era is like, today we're going to look at this more through the dating lens than anything else. Um, So if you're in your villain era, there's a camp of people who are like, oh, that just means like you're in your man eater era. And I guess you just came out of some type of situationship, relationship, anywhere in between on that spectrum and you got hurt and it's like no that's like the last time that's the last round like I'm about to wreak havoc on the male species and it's that's like one camp and then another camp is like oh well I think I'm like I'm in my villain era just because I'm putting me first and da 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 and so you're not actually like being a villain necessarily but maybe people are painting you like a villain because you're putting yourself first like that's like what urban dictionary is getting at but I think the definition I most want to talk about today is the one that I think is the most prevalent it's like the oh that's the last time that you as a man are going to treat me like this I'm about to literally destroy you and everyone who comes after you (laughs) like (laughs) and I understand the temptation but I'm, um, you're not going to be shocked here. I'm going to start this whole, we're going to kick off with a happy little, let's not do that. Because here's the thing, 9.99999 times out of 10 when I'm on this podcast, I'm talking to women who fear God, women who have relationship with Christ. So let's look at it through that lens. I want you to picture yourself. I'm going to picture myself also because maybe I've been here. I literally, it was on, I think it was on one of my Be Real captions, I think back in like May, I was like, I am this close, pinching emoji, to entering my villain era. And you know, like, I get the idea, but here we go, right? Let's picture ourselves. We are God's daughters. We're like in a throne room, dressed to the nines. We've got our crowns on. We're God's kids. And we're like, dear dad, (laughs) I'm about to enter my villain era. So... Good luck to your sons. 
good luck to literally any man out there I'm about to just cause people pain. And I don't think God is gonna, you know, start shouting at you. That's not, let's not go there. But there, I think there's gonna be this loving father being like, no, absolutely not. There's nothing biblical about a villain era. Like, God, when I feel like I want to enter my villain era is really good at talking me down and being like, let's get to the heart of the matter here. Because there's this quote that says that, oh, Lord, help me remember. It's a quote that's like anger is just like, what is the quote? Something like anger being a secondhand emotion. And so at first, like, What's usually going on is like this intense, at least for me, is like this intense disappointment, frustration, and then just anger. It's like rage just pops out because it's like, I I don't feel like dealing with this disappointment. This is making me really sad. Like now I'm just mad. And so I think that's it. Like that anger is a secondary emotion. So God is really, really good at talking me down and being like, this is not the way you want to go. This is not what I, how I've told you to live. And I think what helps a lot, I, I tell y'all to get in y'all word all the time. I tell me to get in my word all the time. It's just very important. It just can't be looked over. Everything that we're looking for is somehow in there, even though they're like, but this is, I'm not saying the Bible is a small book. It's not really small by any means, but for how it answers quite literally pretty much anything like a guiding principle for life like the word is living and so we just have to consult that when something that is helpful is to look at scripture because it's going to tell you who God is in your circumstance who he is in general and it helps to give you a heavenly perspective on things I'm going to give you an example um very hypothetical here at least I hope it's going to be let me make sure it's hypothetical um, <laughs> you're talking to a guy or let's say Sally's talking to a guy. I don't know. Put yourself in her shoes if you want to. And if your name is Sally, I'm so sorry. Um, Sally's talking to a guy and they're both saved. Sally, the guy that Sally's talking to, like starts cheating on her and then gives her like some kind of weird, like Christianese for how, God told him that that's not his wife, like that Sally's not his wife and that he needs to um, split off, but doesn't mention the fact that he's been cheating the whole while. And Sally finds that out and she's like, what in the world is literally going on? Because you were putting on front like, I'm doing the godly thing when really you just wanted an out to go cheat. I'm telling you, this is hypothetical. And Sally, you know, Are we going to really be shocked if she's like, I'm about to enter my full-blown villain era? Because this isn't the first time this happened to Sally. Like, (laughs) something similar has probably happened, let's say for the sake of the example, like three times in two years. And she moved to a new area and this just started happening to her. And Sally's like, this is it. Like, this is my villain era. I'm about to literally wreak havoc on men. God is not down with a villain era. He's just not. And it, and it is the heart of God to look at us when we feel this way and feel vengeful, like we have to fight for ourselves. Like to feel that you have to put your own dukes up 
and avenge yourself because of something that's happening is an orphaned mindset. And there's no reason. Like scripture says, we are like, we're not orphans. We have the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And so what does that mean? God is your dad. It is the business and pleasure of God to defend you. And it's better that way. You're not going to have any blood on your hands. What are you going to repent for? Praying for the dude? No. Like, (laughs) you cannot lose by neglecting the idea, in fact, rebuking the idea of a villain era. Cast it away. It is a plot ploy and plan of the enemy to get you in a bad position. You're going to have bitterness growing in your heart. You're going to be angry. You're going to be really frustrated and you're going to sit down. What's the quote? You're going to sit down in unforgiveness, drinking all this poison, waiting for Johnny boy to die. And he's not going to because who's drinking the poison, babe? You are. And so when the Lord is like, forgive 70 times seven, you know, let the Lord be your avenger. God himself said in his word, I will fight for you. Be still. The scriptures talk about the Lord being your avenger. You can trust that God is a righteous judge. And you can, instead of, we can, I'm not trying to preach it, y'all. Instead of just sitting down and just being so frustrated and stewing in anger and like plotting ways to harm another individual for what they've done to us. I'm telling you, this part I have done. And I can say I quite prefer how I feel and the outcomes when I just sit down in prayer instead. And I'm like, God, I really just got wounded. (laughs) And I don't know why that happened to me. I honestly don't appreciate that. Please, 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 Lord Jesus, give me grace. Give me, because, and let's talk about what grace is for a second. So, I had, um, Lord gave me this revelation a couple of months ago. I was reading the verse that says like, my grace is sufficient for you. And my, um, my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so I'm thinking when we say like, oh, um, I messed up. His grace is sufficient. Yes. I think we're thinking more about mercy. So, you know, mercy, you get pardoned for it. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. But grace is the power of God also, right? And so when the Lord says that his grace is sufficient, it's his power with his Holy Spirit. I think the Greek word is like the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you as a believer to empower you to live out a life that the life that he's asking you to. So that when we see all of the commands from him, we're not overwhelmed and aren't like, oh, I can't follow this, so I'm done. That's where legalists, legalists just drop off and, and, and fall away because they they don't look to the Holy Spirit and they don't look to God as their keeper. And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to walk this out. You cannot walk out the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You don't, you're not graced for it. That's what that means. You don't have the power to do it. But you, babes, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we get to sit in our prayer closet and we get to say, Lord, this man, everything in me, I want to enter my villain era. I want to just send him the meanest text I've ever said to anyone, the most heinous things that could be said. But instead, Lord, I don't even have it in me right now. Lord, 
Lord, let your grace be active in my life. Like, thank you for your active grace. Give me the power to pray for this man, to pray for healing in my heart. And Lord, I pray for mercy for him. You, Because of the Holy Spirit's power, you can now pray for mercy for a man who cheated on you. Hmm. <laughs> Was it going to happen without him? Probably not. I don't, I don't see that happening, right? And so... Um, you can pray for grace. And so the power to move through these things, there is nothing that can happen to you as a believer that God is not able to bring you through or heal you from. Not a thing. And the beautiful thing about the wholeness of God is that it's irrevocable. God is not going to heal you just to unheal you. And we, and I want you to know too, that when you're triggered, you're not unhealed. And so there's that. Um, and so, yeah, you can pray for mercy for this guy. Like there's just, y- you will feel better in your heart because now look, now there's no bloodshed on your hands. Imagine you go through with this whole plan and you and your friends sit down together, sip an espresso martini and draft up the most heinous message known to mankind. Like there is a temporary satisfaction, but with the Holy Spirit inside of you at some point, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. That was uncomfy. I wish I didn't say that. That was that was ugly. And you'll know that because the Holy Spirit is at work inside of you as a believer. And then now you're going to have the sense of regret. And sometimes when that happens, the enemy's real good about being like, well, we already fought half the battle. Might as well finish it off. You should go, you should go X, Y, Z, insert bad thing to do right? And then you just start snowballing and it's just a slippery slope when it could have just been nipped in the bud to be like, every time that you're having these negative emotions of anger and a need for revenge and all of these things, not that anger is wrong. It's just what your anger is unto. I do want to say that too, because you can quite literally have a righteous anger for something that's happened to you. Like this is just wrong and I'm angry about it. But that's why the Bible says, be angry and do not sin. Because there's a way to be angry without shooting a man, you know? So, anywho, there's that too. And so, you'll just feel better. And you're not going to have this sense of regret after. You're not, you're not going to be as prone to just start snowballing, making a bunch of bad decisions because you already started with one. And then you don't let the enemy have a foothold of you. Even God says, like, when you're angry too, like, don't even let the sun go down on it. What does that mean? You are a believer who is communing with the Trinity on a daily basis. You can walk into the throne room anytime you are in need of mercy and be like, Lord, I need mercy. Help me and and present your heart on to the Lord and say, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling very angry. Can you please address that in me? And I promise you, If God is giving you the command to not let the sun go down on your anger, you can trust that if you bring him his word and say, you said not to let the sun go down on this, I'm bringing you a very angry heart right now. Please resolve this so I can go to sleep in peace. He will do it because he's not going to ask you to do something or tell you to do something in his word that again, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit inside of you and the active power of grace is not going to empower you to do. And so you can trust that. So I say all of that to say, cut off your villain era. You know, there's just, there's no need for one. As somebody who's wanted to have one, I'm glad I didn't just do it because I can see how much regret is there, how you can wound another person, because this is why praying for heavenly perspective 
is so helpful because I'm telling you, there's no emotionally whole man who's just wreaking havoc on your life. He's just not. And so you can look at this. There are people in a secular space who understand that hurt people hurt people. How much more perspective can you get from God? For all you know, the spirit of prophecy might just start moving. You might get a healing word for that man. Because look, say you're dating a believer. It's a hard pill to swallow, but God really cares about both of you. And God cares about humanity at large. And God is not taking your side in a, in a way where it's like, I love my daughter more than my son who just did her so wrong. So now I'm going to wreak havoc on my son. No, he will rebuke him and he will put him in the, and put him in the right direction. But God can see the heart of the matter too, that he needs healing. He just does. And so now... The more you heal, you can even pray for his healing and be like, God, clearly something is off. I don't know what he's got going on in his generational line. I don't know what just happened to him. I don't know what's unresolved in his heart and his soul, but I pray that you would heal him so he doesn't do this to me again or another woman and not even healing him just because of that, but because he's your son and you love him. And God will be so pleased. I'm telling you, sometimes I pray prayers like that and I can just feel the pleasure of God being like, you've got my heart, kid, you know? And I also just want to say, at least on my behalf, if you're listening to this because somebody really just did you dirty, I just want to say I'm really sorry about it. I can't say I understand exactly how you feel. I don't know exactly what situation you're coming out of or going through, but I'm really, really sorry. And I know that everything that I just said can often feel like it's easier said than done, but I trust God enough to help you. And I, listen, feelings are really big. They're massive and they sometimes feel like you just cannot move past them, especially when things are really fresh. But again, I just really trust God to help all of us just move through wounds and very uncomfortable feelings and pain and rage and X, Y, Z, all the things that just come along with this human experience sometimes. And um, I love you and you deserve beautiful, beautiful love. You deserve to be treasured and you are by God but I mean for an earthly man you deserve to be treasured and pursued and treated well and sought after just literally you deserve a relationship that is mirroring how Christ loves the church and so I pray in the name of Jesus that you get that I pray for healing in your heart where you need it I pray for the grace for the power of God to empower you to Make the decisions that are pleasing towards the Lord in your hurt and to know that the Lord quite literally collects every single one of your tears, puts them in a jar, and that he takes note of them, that they're not just wasted tears, and that God hears your heart, he is moved by your sigh, and he loves to answer your prayers. So ask him for what you need, ask him for your healing, ask him for grace, ask for mercy, whatever you are in need of, ask your dad. You're not an orphan. And so anyway, um, I think that's about it for this episode. I mean, what am I going to reiterate? Don't have a villain era. Um, 
vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. And you can trust that God, he just loves handling your affairs. Don't stress. Bring your heart to him as often as possible. And you're really going to be fine, girl. I trust. I trust God to do that for you and to complete the good work that he has begun in you. That's Bible, mamas. That's Bible. And so anyway, I love you so much. Thank you again for tuning in for another episode. Um, And Lord willing, I will talk to you soon. This has been another episode of The Unto Podcast.